people find out their type and they're like, oh, that's what I've been doing. It's just this pattern like over and over and over again. Like I'm a machine. Mm. Um, and your unconscious is the thing that is kind of behind the machine. Um, so dreams are a way to open up that dialogue and understanding the basically unconscious motives and desires and beliefs, whatever, that your type and the ego is just constantly ignoring because to face it and to understand it is to transform it the big hormone enneagram i'm john lukovich 415 sexual self-prez 458 traffic i'm david gray Self-pressed sexual, nine with one wing, nine, seven, four, trifix. What up? It's Emika. I'm an eight wing seven, sexual self-press with eight, five, four, fixes. Hi, I'm Nancy. I'm a three wing four, self-pressed social, nine, trifix. Hi, I'm Alexandra. I'm a social self-preservation, nine wing one, nine, six, three, trifix. If you like or hate us, make sure you go like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and make sure you leave us a review. Kristen, you come oh, on here boy. to spread joy and Welcome positivity. Nine, hop in. Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, yeah, I'm here to talk about dreams and stuff. Well, we should do intros before we launch yeah, into yeah. this. I listened to the one that just came out and listened to the. I wasn't expecting my like intro to be on it already. And I was listening to all three, all four of you. You're like, what up? I'm Emika. This is da 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 Hi, it's David. da 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 And then my voice comes on and I'm like, hi, like I'm Alexandra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was the funniest part. I, I, like, um, I sound for so it social in it. Yeah. <laughs> wow, spot friends. the social type. <laughs> you sound like you're beaming. I'm like, God damn, why yeah, are you so sunshine happy? Sunshine came through the mic. <laughs> Through. Yeah, I listened to it while I was like walking by myself to breakfast and I was like, oh God. Oh no. <laughs> no. <laughs> too eager, too welcoming. <laughs> How uncool. Yeah. It's supposed to be aloof. You don't yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, very excited to re record. <laughs> yeah. Right. Don't forget your plugs, everyone. Yeah. yeah, everybody remember your fucking plugs. Especially Alexandra and her astrology plug. Right. Yes, Alexandra needs to remember her astrology plug for the website she's building and the services she'll be offering very soon. Uh, when she gets to it at her own pace from her own choice. Starting so, tomorrow. You know, that you know that everybody's also very excited for, but really doesn't even care if it happens either way. So, yeah. Um, you know, Alexander, who blends the Enneagram and astrology together like no one else does and has a real mastery over the topic. that Nine every- integration services. Yeah, that everybody's mm-hmm. very, very excited about and does not care and is just totally patient for it. So, <laughs> so there's no hurry. No hurry no at all. No pressure hurry. whatsoever. It's not <laughs> like people are, there's not like a waiting list of people waiting for Alexander's wisdom. It's not like yeah. that at all. It's not like no, it's that. It's my secret line to three narcissism that's just want to keep everybody waiting. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, so there's that. Then there's, uh, you know, uh, obviously my book. And uh, please, please buy it. And if you have bought it, uh, please review it. Uh, you know, I talked last time about getting some hate reviews. So I had a spite for uh, 
for the mistype or for, for retyping people certain types and so uh you know any anything counts anything's good any yeah. uh you know whoa is that you david that was me okay <laughs> pardon me <laughs> bodily functions the gut type um, over here making noises uh josh and i have a new enneagram school called the enneagram school.com <laughs> 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 and uh we're doing like you know formal you know enneagram education we've got a course going right now we've got more on the way uh it's going well check it out and then finally got a study group that meets on sundays to uh go section by section of my book you can find recordings on my website uh you can get all three of the first chapters for 175 dollars and it's that's like 18 hours of content and i think that's it for now all right daa Dark Arts Academy. We're uh, gaining an experiential fluency with the Enneagram through the practice of typing. You like that? <laughs> like nice. that? Like that? Prefer- yeah. A little blast for you. That was nice. A little punctuated. <laughs> yeah, impressive. Ooh. Um, Did you write so, that down? Been I, I've been working on it for months. You know, I've been thinking about hey. how do you how do you put together what we're doing in a way that's concise and clear. Um, so we did a class recently about fashion and instinct stacking, which was pretty interesting. Uh, looking at the, all the different ways that shows up in high fashion. And when we recently did a class on John Malkovich, which is a hard typing, also very rare typing. So we'll see how many, how many of y'all, probably none of y'all, are going to guess that type correctly. And then we, the next class we're doing is going to be on seven. We recently had uh, realizations about frustration. But yeah, we've become <laughs> yeah. intimately aware of uh the intensity of frustration and sort of like uh, also realizing how many uh, nines that we've mixed missed it seems to be like the really toughest thing in typing is learning all the different ways that nines are hiding from us in plain sight and so um so there was a big typing update for seven and nine and we're going to do a class on that coming up soon get more information at enneagram.com if you want to get typed by us get clarity on your typing enneagram.com forward slash get typed also Trifix booklet is on Enneagrammer.com, and uh, Kristen and I are doing a revamp ever so slowly, as two nines would do. Uh, we're <laughs> we're uh, going to be featuring her paintings for the Trifixes and some more descriptive language, so look for that hopefully in less than a year. Look. <laughs> 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 Painting takes a while. Yeah, it's going to be slow. The product is going to be great. Yeah, are we talking a calendar year or straight up three hundred and sixty-five days? Maybe maybe the fiscal year for the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know fiscal. The Chinese New Year. Uh, It's just a general impression of a year. (laughs) And uh, we got Kristen. Unless there's more you got to say, David. No, no. I was just going to say talk about a expected in a vague year in a vague mm-hmm. year vaguely yeah. a year from now vague yeah. years yeah. yeah nines live in vague years that's what they for might be f- actually five uh solo years <laughs> yeah, <right>. uh, <laughs> you know but it's <laughs> yeah vague years <laughs> so we got Kristen Oberly here welcome uh our dream lord Ooh, um, lord <laughs> and uh you know i want you to introduce yourself but uh you know we're talking about plugs are there any things you want to introduce yourself with in addition plug while you're doing that 
Oh God. Okay. Yeah. Um, time to shine. <laughs> yay. <laughs> I recently added um, on my website, uh, which is inkstoryrebel.com, um, where you can actually go see the Enneagram Trifix illustrations and their little descriptions and stuff. I also added um, dream services on there. Nice. So if anybody cool. likes this conversation and is interested in um, dream work, like a lot of people I talk to will randomly remember one that they've been like sitting on for quite a long time. Um, so it can it doesn't have to be a current dream or whatever. There's there's some options on there to work with your dream with me. Excellent. Heck yeah. yeah. Yay. So uh, I guess to get into it, uh, I mean, we met Kristen at The Zone. Uh, I mean, we known her online already, but we got to know you at the Zone. Had y'all know her before uh, the Zone? No, just uh, I think just in the group. Yeah, okay. my introduction to Kristen was when she named all the flowers after us. Oh yeah, <laughs> you did that. Kristen's the best. I'm a red flower. <laughs> oh, Thank yeah. you. That's right. If you also name your plant friends after us, you can ingratiate yourself. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she also had that. In. She also then, had that very funny, like um, it was a oh, John, maybe you'll remember. It was like a podcast review thing that were talking about like me and my plants. Listen to the podcast. Mm, I don't yeah. know. It was oh. very funny. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that was good. And then you made the, those trifix illustrations with um, that went viral across forums everywhere. Yeah, yeah, I didn't know it did that. <laughs> yeah, <it> did. <laughs> surprise. Yeah, I was like, whoa, this is going somewhere. <laughs> yeah, no, they're very cool. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. Um, and so then, uh, yeah, at the zone, uh, I remember we were, it was Emika's birthday. I uh, went outside and you were spitting dreams. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I don't know if you want to, how, how did you get into dreams? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think, so basically, I guess how I'd want to start this story is that, um, Wow, she's just ghosting us. Yeah, yeah. just when it's her time, when it's her time to shine, she disappears. How convenient. Going oh, into the nine cloud. All right, all right, are we good? Yes. Are you good? Sounds That's good. the question. Are, I are, am, are you good? I slightly panicked, but I'm okay now. <laughs> I'm just sitting on the floor and grounding myself again. <laughs> I don't think we've ever had a guest that wasn't slightly panicked, so join the ranks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yay. Okay. Where? Who am I? Am I doing? You're Kristen. <laughs> Good start. Her, Tell uh, us about how you started dreaming. Well, I guess okay. but even before that, for context, um, Kristen is a social self-pres nine with a one wing, and mm. she has a six fix and a three fix. So she's another Bermuda channeler, and this is her dreams are her medium. Mm -hmm. Are you two the exact same with the wings on the fixes and everything? Right. No. We have different no. wings on the okay. fixes. Got but we're close enough. Kristen is the nicer version. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. <laughs> Definitely. I was going to say Alexandra is the cooler one. <laughs> I don't know about that. Cooler is more not the word <laughs> I would be using. No one asked but, you, Emika. <laughs> as you can tell by her intro on the, on the podcast. <laughs> God, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Dormitas are all dorks anyway. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, dreaming. Got it. Um, <laughs> all right. Yeah. So um, anyway, I was thinking, um, basically, I started uh, writing down my dreams like back in middle school. So I've been tracking them for quite a long time, but it's only been within the last 
two or probably less than two years that I have been like every day trying to understand and interpret them. Um, I had an event happen that like, okay, basically I stopped dreaming for like maybe like three or four years. Um, and then something kind of shifted in my psyche and I had a really big dream that I remembered and I, it sparked my interest enough to be curious. Um, simultaneously started listening to this podcast, so it might be an effect or not. I don't know. And, um, yeah, I know. <laughs> and so it basically like made me start wondering, does that mean something? Cause it had a lot to do with what I was going through at the time. And it had a lot of like archetypal imagery that I started questioning. And then slowly I kind of fell down this rabbit hole of understanding dream imagery and symbols and, and the effects that they have on people. So did you completely stop dreaming for three to four years or at least stop remembering them? Yeah. Like I, I think I still had them. I wrote like a few every so often down. Um, but they were very just kind of simple. And even though simple dreams are important too, but like I never paid them any much mind until I had this really big one that made me go, wait a minute, like, what is that? <laughs> so why did you start writing your dreams down in middle school? Well, despite being a social type, I wasn't a very social kid growing up. Um, I spent, yeah, a lot of time in my room drawing and stuff and I did a lot of journaling so it's actually kind of cool because I get to look back and see what was going on in my head during those times um but I I guess I just had these really vivid dreams and thought yeah I'm just gonna write them down and then totally ignore anything that they would mean <laughs> but and now I can see it <laughs> and what started your uh sense of like interpreting like what started getting you on that that route um, when I had this big dream, um, a year ago, I was working, well, I am still working at a greenhouse and like, I'm, you know, also being a social type, I like started talking to my friends about like my coworkers about it. And I was like, yeah, I had this really weird dream last night. And I started talking about it and I guess kind of like started thinking, wait a minute, like as I'm talking, I started figuring out. Like, this is hitting something inside of me that, like, I didn't think would come up while I'm talking about it. Um, so it kind of started getting me to think, like, there's something more to dreams. And then talking to my roommate, she mentioned about um, Carl Jung doing dream interpretations, and I just fell into it. <laughs> and, and so as a, uh, a dream warrior... What, uh, like, what is a dream to you? Oh, God. Um, this is what's very hard to explain because there's so many aspects to it um, and you can't pin it down. Um, so I think kind of everyone got a taste with the um, Divine Feminine podcasts of things being very um, spiralic in a way. And I believe that dreams and working with your dreams are like that. Like you never land quite on just one um, interpretation or one method of what to do about the dream or something. It's like you just have to let it constantly unfold into something that 
I mean, the the biggest point is for it to shift something in the psyche. Like we're stuck. So you think of the Enneagram and and people find out their type and they're like, oh, that's what I've been doing. It's just this pattern like over and over and over again. Like I'm a machine. Mm. Um, and your unconscious is the thing that is kind of behind the machine. Um, so dreams are a way to open up that dialogue and understanding the basically unconscious motives and desires and beliefs, whatever, that your type and the ego is just constantly ignoring. Because to face it and to understand it is to transform it. And that's scary. So kind of this is almost like the same question, um, but asking it to see see where it goes. But uh, so when we kind of think about being human or what it means to be human, we take, generally speaking, people take a view of an awake human being in the sense of like a day thing a human being does during its day right but Mm -hmm. then you got this at least a third of your 24 hours are spent encountering something on this other level and so like if we take uh you know take a view of the whole lifespan of a human being that spent a third of it is in this psychic soup like what do you think um like, what do you either think, like, the psyche is from this point of view or, like, it's that it's doing? Why, like, why is there this language that the psyche uses of dreams to communicate between these two aspects of ourselves? Um, the way that I see it, and, again, it's very hard because you could look at it many different aspects, but um, basically it's it's... If you want to compare it to like essence, like why do we do Enneagram work in the first place? Mm-hmm. You know, like you're trying to basically understand that the ego isn't all that there is. Um, it's kind of like, you know, Jungians might call it like the transcendent function. Like we're always trying to um, we're we're as humans, we're pulled towards something transcendent. Mm-hmm. Um and so it's to kind of break down those patterns and habits that keep us fixed and and unable to like transform. So I think you know there's kind of an interesting way to look at it that within everybody is a god um and like the Jungians might will probably call it the self like you mm-hmm. can encounter the self. Um and really like it knowing and understanding and admitting that you have this God within you is to kind of push the ego off of a pedestal mm-hmm. and know that like the ego isn't everything and, you know, all encompassing that there's something else. And that's what like a lot of religion is meant to do. It's, it's what a lot of the spiritual stuff is meant to do. Um, mm-hmm. It's just admitting that there's something else because if you don't have that kind of transcendent function, like it, it can come out in very terrible ways if you don't have some kind of dialogue or, or relationship with it. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like uh, our culture has a lack of transcendent function acknowledgement. Mm-hmm. Do you find that there is some kind of like um, consistent thematic, like, dream urgency or something or or you know images or things that come up in relation to a kind of uh, a mass uh absence of the transcendent 
Um, yeah, I think it can come out in a lot of different ways. Like, you know, if you look into Jungian concepts and stuff, there's a lot of like collective projecting um, because people are ignoring this kind of aspect mm. of themselves. Um, so it, it's it's mainly and two it it affects then your relationship with everybody that you're with it's it's like um like there's no aspect of initiation anymore in life and so we're just perpetually living as children <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and so however that comes up it's um dreams are are a way that can help you understand that and to help like start to differentiate between you know, what you're projecting, what your, um, like your partner or your friends or just random people, however you're associating with them, it helps Mm. you associate with them more authentically. Like, so Mm. that, you know, individually is happening at a, you know, collective scale too. Mm -hmm. When, when this is stuff is not, um, regarded as useful or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, keeps coming up for me is it's so stupid but uh the movie dune you know <laughs> i know you know and like the the opening line is like um, dreams are messages from the deep like that's like the mm-hmm. title card right before it and then you know you're talking about like collective projection as a way to kind of try to integrate something and i i just find like you know that that you know the united states is constantly like at war with the middle east and yet in that in that story the 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 middle east aesthetic represents this doorway into the spice you know to into Mm -hmm. the transformative agent so anyway just kind of cool but i was curious like so there's a couple questions i want to ask and i know we're going kind of big and then i want to get more specific about like actual dreams but all right so people who are interested in the enneagram what can dreams either bring to that or what is the enneagram missing without this kind of uh, dream work and like, is there a connection to the Enneagram and dream work or not? Yes. I'm so glad you asked that. <laughs> um, I've been definitely seeing, um, because I've, I've talked to a lot of people about their dreams and, and knowing their types, um, and especially instincts, um, come up in dreams, re- like in a very, very nuanced way. Like, um, Enneagram gives you, you know, the equation like, okay, so you're this type, so you'll experience these kinds of things. And people can like plug it in and be like, okay, yeah, I know where that fits and, and where that doesn't and whatever. Um, and same with instincts, like, okay, this is what I mean and this is collectively what it does. But with your dreams, it like really hits on where exactly those instincts are playing out, how they are mm. like affecting you either emotionally, mentally, whatever. Um, and with your type as well like I know for me I kind of find it fun that I have specific people that come up in my dreams that are almost like types of my fixes so it's like oh I know that person's a three and they've come up in my dream I'm wondering if this is commenting on like my three fix because I'm projecting that into them Mm -hmm. yeah so I've I've found like um especially instincts because you know I'm social and when I first started dreaming like regularly because I dream every day now um, when I first started dreaming regularly, it was just people in my dreams, like, mm. so many people. And I'm going to graduations and parties and stuff. And I'm like, why do I keep having so many people? And to like 
realize my cats are fighting sorry and to realize that like um as also triple attachment how much i've split off of myself and put it into other people socially is like wow okay once i realized that i stopped having so many dreams of people in it very interesting can you give an example of how exactly that has shown up or yeah just like how the the splitting off of self and putting that onto other people and how that has like been reflected in dreams. It doesn't have to be like specific, obviously, but. <laughs> um, well, yeah, I, I think it's kind of like I said, there was just a lot of like people from when I was in like elementary school and middle school and stuff coming up, like people I don't even think about. And so it made me have to really question like what part of this person did I like project onto or did I like not like they have a trait that I haven't claimed Mm -hmm. and that that trait once I kind of understand it is like oh like I have that in me I'm completely capable of what I thought they they were doing and and stuff like that so it it, if that helped or answered your question that's great yeah that helps a lot what does it mean yeah. if your girlfriend has a dream uh, about you with somebody else and gets mad at you for a whole day? God. <laughs> I knew this was going to come out. John, you cheated on me in my dream. <laughs> we sure we can it. definitely break that down, actually, because I find that extremely interesting. Um, <laughs> I, I guess I have no choice. <laughs> I hate those. You guess? I'll wake up at four in the morning and be like, Brian. <laughs> Well, yeah, no, I've definitely woken up quiet before and he wakes mm-hmm. up and I'm just like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, uh there's a tension. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell me something? Mm-hmm. Who is she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, I would yeah. love to know what the dreams where you have sex with your friends that you are not at all attracted to. What's up with that? What's up with that bullshit? Because I hate that shit. <laughs> um, well, geez. Okay, so here's the other thing. I'm going to preface this with yeah, dream yeah. work. Um, because I don't know how many people will listen to this and want to be like, I'm going to post all my dreams on, you know, public Facebook and stuff. Oh, like, geez. just know oh, that yeah, when, no. yeah, when you do say a dream, like, you are extremely naked. It's like... No. It's like talking like, you know, when you're drunk or something and you just start spewing out the stuff you really didn't want to say. Like that is what like relaying a dream to someone is kind of like. But yeah, I was going to say with the whole at least um, aspect of waking up and the partners cheating on you or whatever, um, that every person <laughs> sorry <laughs> whatever it is um Man, i'm sorry <laughs> not that it's applicable <laughs> like every person and object in a dream is an aspect of yourself so when you have a dream like that there is a part of you that is cheating on yourself there is a part of no not on your partner say alexander the other room like like it's that like need for thrill um that need for kind of like uh the chase or something like that it's it's there's there's some kind of aspect of you that is your partner committing this act or whatever there's a thrill to sex yes (laughs) since when I'm still getting yeah, so, in touch with that whole part of myself. Right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. you are. Would you say that that could be like those kind of dreams would be an outsourcing of the sexual instinct? In my case, because I'm sexual blind. Or is yeah, it like. Well, 
Yeah. I think it's it's a lot more complicated than just outsourcing. Um, like some things you can kind of immediately be like, okay, I see that's outsourcing. Like you're relying on them to do something in the dream mm-hmm. or something. That's like, okay, like that's actual outsourcing. Um, but other other things get a little bit more complex. I think um, you would really have to go into like the feelings of the dream and, and um, where it's trying to lead you, you know. Okay. Phew. <laughs> Got through that part. <laughs> and, and, and so, uh, you know, we have on the call, for example, a very practical person who, um, you know, is very no-nonsense, and now he's having psychic dreams. Yes. Uh, oh, yes. You, this will be... Uh, explaining yeah. some of the dreams I've had would be interesting for some of the listeners. Yeah, what do you, what do you make of uh, uh, the, the psychic function of dreaming and uh like this mm. this this seemingly like not bound to linear time aspects that mm. we've been seeing in in emica <laughs> um i think there's <laughs> a lot there um the muhadib. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like again i don't think you can necessarily pin it down just to one thing like oh you're a psychic now so now every dream you have is going to be predicting something um I think you have to be careful with that because that's just another like one of the things I'd want to say is like dreams also shouldn't be used as like just a tool for the ego again, you know? No, if that makes sense. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You said we had a god within us. So I know. Right? How am I not supposed to attach? Yeah, like, apes are just immediately right, like. Right. <laughs> yeah, I am God. <laughs> trying to tell people when they're gonna die. That's what I'm trying to do. <laughs> that's right. God right there. <laughs> right. Yeah, we have to be careful with that. Um cuz then it's it's still like the ego's more important than than that god thing. Like the you know, the god inside you is trying to kind of push you back into your place and um it will one way or the or another, you know. Mm-hmm. Um so with psychic dreams, I think it's it's not just I think like if anyone has any to interpret them in a way that, okay, if this is a psychic dream, then maybe it is trying to just prepare you, you know, like it's something emotionally overwhelming that would, it's kind of trying to ease you into it rather than Mm -hmm. just like smacking you with it. Um, And you also should be interpreting it in a symbolic way. Like, you know, okay, what does this, disregarding this just predicted something symbolically, what, could this mean so doing both but there has been studies of of psychic dreams and and mm. how it connects everyone in a way like there's this it's like with young's idea of the collective unconscious that there is just an underlying kind of current of connection between everybody and it's been proven with these kinds of dreams yeah i mean uh, i don't know if we want to go into some of them but i'll, I'll say, go like, i'll go into it yeah <laughs> Yeah, let the god go first. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the psychic god. Well, I mean, I've already mentioned on the the end of the year pod that my dad passed away, and recently before before that happened, a couple of weeks before, I started having frequent dreams where I was in the middle of a lot of family, like stuck in a house with a lot of family, a lot of family I haven't seen before. There was a sister of mine that I haven't hung out with in five years that showed up multiple times in that dream and then um the day before he died i had a dream where he was next to me and i my dad doesn't show up in my dreams hardly ever 
and he was just, he was jogging next to me, and I don't jog, but he does. He jogs every day, and uh, the next day, he was found collapsed on a treadmill. He was mm-hmm. jogging, mm. and uh, what ended up happening because of that event, a whole bunch of family came into town, including the sister I hadn't seen in five years. Now we're all hanging out. Um, so the, the sort of like scenario that I was experiencing in my dream, multiple dreams with family dynamics. I don't really dream about family dynamics that much, but it all happened. There was a specific dream that I had where the whole family was under fire with like missiles and stuff. And, um, yesterday my mom used the exact phrase that she was experiencing all these missiles coming from different family members because of all the family drama around planning this, you know, funeral and everything. So, I mean, this has just been a reoccurring pattern for me. And I think one way I've been in, uh, of psychic dreams and one way I've been interpreting it is it might be sort of like certain, sometimes it's things that I've already processed, but I've forgotten, like connecting the dots where it seems predictive, but it's kind of like, this is where things are going to go. And you've maybe thought about this, but this is a reminder of how things are going to go. But a lot of times with these cases, like it was too specific for me to it, it couldn't have come from anything that my unconscious was putting together from memory. It was like specific scenarios that were predicted that I couldn't have seen coming. So in a way, I, like what you're saying, just sort of preparing you for the stressful and really stressful event of the last month or so. Mm-hmm. And have you been like, now that you've had the funeral, have you been, has your dreams changed? or? Is oh it- yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I'm not dreaming about family events anymore because it's like I'm I guess because I'm living it uh the the thing the thing has actually happened so it's just moved generally my dreams are situated with some living situation and mostly people I don't know uh but for like a month I was dreaming about family members and being stuck in a house full of family and now that's actually happening <laughs> so I don't need to dream about it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, even to just tracking your dreams throughout your life is very, like, surreal sometimes. Like, mm-hmm. when I look at mine, um, you know, because I, I have them since, at like, fifth grade or whatever, there were a lot of, like, really, really big, just, like, potent dreams I've had that when I looked back into my journals when I had them, it was, like, big life events were happening at that time. So it's just that kind of, like it's to me it's like there's no like it's not just coincidence that you're having dreams that are so profoundly impactful during times when you know something big is either going to happen or is happening in your mm-hmm. life i tried to uh remember dreams and like in, like before i went to bed like intended to dream this week and all my dreams were like pretty boring and pathetic uh <laughs> But Those are the best did, ones. Same. <laughs> it did involve. Uh, I'm tr- now that I'm thinking about it. Um, one of them was like I got captured by some kind of like guerrilla army or like squadron, and then taken to some kind of like um, resort that I couldn't get out of. Oh, and last night I was in a dream where I was stuck at some hotel, like wanting to go to the airport, but it was like one of those things where it was like, do I have to pay for another night? And it was like this whole dumbass thing and there was like something about going to the airport and then like uh didn't work out and like just stuck at like an ugly hotel well i'm gonna say too like the the most boring dreams can sometimes be like packed full of 
really mm. good information because go, kind of going back to when you asked about like um dreams and and symbols like why do they show us these symbols like why do we even like have these this imagery going on and um one of the things that the unconscious is playing as kind of a role um in the background in your waking life is that it's collecting these impressions of of objects and people and and situations and it's something that you know you know you do need your ego obviously but it's being filtered kind of so when you're dreaming, you know, you look at things extremely objectively because the unconscious is also looking at them objectively and looking at them as a symbolic impression. So like when you think of, you know, I'm walking upstairs in a dream, like stairs objectively is taking you from one perception, like one level and take and transforming you to another. Like you have to put in the work to walk upstairs and it changes your perspective. So it's just like simple stuff like that, looking at objects and dreams that way, it makes the most boring dreams into like the most kind of exciting and, and rich ones. It's also, isn't it like a counter, let's say type four thing, right? That the, that the mundane you're going to discount, you know what I mean? And so mm -hmm. in some sense you might, mm -hmm. as a four or a four fixer, you might have some mundane dreams to connect you into uh some maybe even common themes that people have yeah. in general whereas right, you're going to discount that when you've got four mm, yes because my my roommate also has a four fix and she comes to me with like the most boring dreams with like you know there doing you laundry or eating right. sandwiches or like kids are trying to <laughs> steal her tacos or something and it's just but when we actually sit like those dreams talking about them will turn into like a four-hour conversation right because it's like, oh, wow, there's so many other elements to a washing machine or to, a, you know, a sandwich that it's like an alchemical process and, you know, right. a, a cleansing thing. It, it's just like all these different symbols can it's meant to connect differently and shift your perception on things. So do you think um, recurring dreams have like. Like, what's your opinion on recurring dreams? Because oh. I'm asking out of a selfish point of view because I have several recurring dreams and they've played through my entire life. So I'm just, do they hold the same meaning or do they mean different things every time? Like, what, what's right. up with that? I, I love recurring dreams. Every Anytime I tell people that I'm into dreams, they always bring me a reoccurring one. Um, yeah. So um, Basically, like reoccurring dreams or even just dream imagery, because I often have it where like, you know, the same person or the same yeah. animal, the same or item or yeah. right. Um, it it you so the unconscious, like I've said before, it's trying to get you to to shift, you know, your perception on something. It's trying to transform your idea of one thing that is remaining stuck in a way. And so a reoccurring dream is remaining stuck. Like you're, you're not changing your association with this, whatever it's trying to reference. So I've heard reoccurring dreams often come up when like, um, you know, if someone had a very stressful event and then mm -hmm. they experience this stress throughout life and this dream comes up, it's trying to get you to reassociate with the imagery in the dream because the imagery can help link the ego to the things that it it really needs to be feeling or it needs to be processing about this 
situation or association or event or something, if that makes sense. So dream symbols, you know, also reoccurring kind of show that you keep associating with that thing the same way over and over and over again. And it's trying to get you to change it. It's trying to get you to keep asking questions. Like I had my, my, you know, several family members just keep coming up in my dream. And I'm like, I feel like I thought of literally everything I could possibly think of that I've projected into these family members. And then finally, I think it was like one day I just had this realization that I like ended up in tears over, you know, something that I didn't think of before. And I haven't dreamt of them since. So, yeah, you you can track that easily. Like it, it takes time, but that's kind of what it's meant to. Like your ego is very small and limiting. And so to try and understand like what is the unconscious trying to get me to see or feel, especially feeling like there's no point in interpreting a dream unless you shift a feeling of some kind. So this is more of a personal, this is bringing it personal, I guess. Um, how do you Dreams feel? Dreams are personal. Yeah. Well, I mean, you specifically. Um, oh, okay. I, oh, no. Um, me? I guess, like, how do you... Oh, God, I think I just lost my question. No, I didn't. Um, how do you, as a nine, feel like... I guess, like, how do you stay grounded as a nine if there's so much to be interpreted? How, do you, how are you finding, like, your solidity in your interpretation and, like, your channeling in something that is very fluid um, and it sounds like a very intuitive um, kind of medium to have to tap into. So that's one question. Um, and then the other one is, how has this helped you as a nine, specifically as a triple attachment? Hmm. Yeah, I think, like, honestly, it's it's probably some of the most important work I've done, okay. um, like inner work, you know, um, because I think... Let me try and remember all of your question. Hold on. <laughs> well, the first one is how do you stay grounded with with something so interpretive? Oh, right. Um, so when I first started doing interpretations, I really wanted to go like super social self-pres all over it. And I was just like um, referring to symbols books like way too mm-hmm. much. Um, not the kind of like dream symbol, like fixed meaning books, but like just in general, like um, more kind of archetypal, you know concepts Mm -hmm. of symbols and stuff and I started to realize like as much as that's fun and interesting to be like oh I had a bear in my dream which means I'm like super tough or something um it like it doesn't really do anything um so I felt like I was kind of going nowhere with these dreams but once I started looking at the personal associations with the symbols and and stuff in your dreams and started to realize how important emotional tones and um like relations and associations were in dreams is when I'm like oh my god I've been doing it wrong this whole time (laughs) and so it's it's made me as a triple attachment have to really look at like where I was projecting um especially being social self-pres like where I'm trying to separate myself like all basically I think it has given me a better idea of like who I actually am Mm. than the things that I thought or was trying to be, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it's been good for um, trusting your own location or at least being able to locate to begin with. Right. And then be building off of that. Yeah. I've, I've known to like um, dreams for 
sixes or six fixers is fantastic because you have to trust yourself. <laughs> like you, you have, you know, it is meant to be a personal map or guidance um, in dealing with things. So it's, it's like you, you're only relying on the information coming from your dreams. So it's like, oh, wow, I just have little conversations with myself like, oh, is that what that means? <laughs> well, how would you, uh, you know, people wanting to relate more to their dreams, like, should we just go out and buy all the fucking little uh, dream guidebooks or like, like, what's the way to cultivate or like, a, like to dream more or to be more aware of your dreams and then to cultivate that? Um, yeah, don't go out and buy those books. Um, <laughs> just Google it instead. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What um, does a bear mean? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, so some of the things to remember, like, your unconscious, it's, it's sort of a trickster as well. So I know for me, at least, like, if my mind is like way too busy, and it's putting like way too much importance on ego and stuff. I like will stop dreaming for like a night or two. And, uh, mm. and it's, so it's kind of a way to, to be, you know, center yourself in a way um, that I think talking about them and writing them down is a big thing. Um, I think before you even go to bed is having some kind of ritual where you're signaling to the unconscious, like, oh, I'm, you know, ready for a dream, like ready to talk to you kind of thing, whatever that may look like. Um, for me, it's just kind of, you know, I've I've given the advice of when you have your eyes closed, like pretend that you're walking downstairs mm. and it's like that dissension into the unconscious and, and it's telling it like, hey, I'm meeting you, you know. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah. So that works for me every time because uh, also, too, like you can ask questions to it, you know, whether it answers or not, answers it or not. Like that's <laughs> a whole other thing. But um there was like in, in different cultures, they had, you know, like the, you think of the temples of Asclepius or whatever, where people would go and ask for a dream and pray for a dream for some kind of like ailment or whatever. Like you can, you're able to do that. I've known lots of people who have had their dreams tell them to kind of get their health shit together and has <laughs> worked. So um, having that kind of relationship to it, like you, you want to have a relationship with it in the first place, I think is really important. Um, and then once you even just get like a fragment, if it's a color or a sound or anything, just write it down, even write down no dream. If you don't have a dream, mm. just being persistent with it, because if you lose that persistence, then it kind of, I mean, like I think of it as some kind of entity that's like, Oh, you don't want to talk to me. Kind of. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> So doing that, writing them down, talking about it, but definitely talking about it to people that you trust, um, because I've noticed that, you know, people want to get really excited about dream work, um, but then they say a dream and then someone interprets it in a certain way they don't like. And then it's like, ooh, yeah, it's yeah. it's ugly work. It can be very ugly because it hits a lot of personal um wounds, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, really, really does. So. I would say, you know, if you do talk about them or you post them online or something to have a group of people that you trust to do that with, because posting it just for everyone to see is, is I mean, at least for my six fix is like, no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned uh, the trickster 
there. Yeah. Uh, what did you say? The, uh, the unconscious is a trickster or something like oh, that? Oh, absolutely. So uh, can you talk about that for a little bit about, because Jung always uh, cites the trickster as really the essential agent for change, transformation, growth, right. et cetera. Can you talk about yeah. that? Yeah. Um, basically, like kind of going back to my idea of that, uh, well, not my idea, but the, the idea of <laughs> <laughs> um, everyone kind of has their own inner God. Um, the self in, in Jungian terms, its main kind of function was to cause tension like a lot of of tension with the ego like what are you going to do about this how are you going to change this um so there's you know there are different ways that trickster kind of energy comes up in dreams um i've noticed that when i'm like writing something down it could just be a word like you know i've i there's some kind of you know thing that has to do with temperature in my dream and the word temper I'm like, oh, right. you know, like it's, it can come up like that or it so can that's just... like the trickster tricking your tongue in the right. Moment. Yeah. 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 And then there's other, you know, different symbols that um, really tr like you really have to kind of play with it. Like I know for my roommate and I have permission to talk about her just to <laughs> let everyone know because her dreams are fascinating. She's. Um, self-pressed sexual 794 so her unconscious is quite a trickster um, because she tries like the ego part of her tries to get away with things and the unconscious says oh no you don't you know <laughs> like it's it's gonna, <laughs> um, it, it presents things to her in in ways that uh, challenge her and I think that's that's a lot about dream work is challenging you so it could be in a very almost comedic way too like I had um, recently I kind of made the discovery that like appearing incredibly small in a dream or compared to someone else is like the unconscious trying to basically squish the ego back like hey 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 you see how small you are like you need to stay there <laughs> so it's it's um, it's very nuanced and it depends uh, but I know at least in, in my own personal experience and listening to other people's dreams, that is absolutely what it's doing.